The Sidebar Podcast is made possible today thanks in part two. That hair in your food. Nobody likes hair in their food. And if you do, then nobody likes you. But for the rest of us, there's a solution. Hair solution. It's a hair solution. A soul-lution. A problem fixed. Hair solution removes the hair from your head to ensure a clean meal every meal. How, you say? Well, cancer. Yes. For every head that uses hair solution, a dollar will go to finding a cure for cancer. Hair solution doesn't give you cancer. It just sounds like it does. And that's enough to get your attention. So, save a meal, clear your plate, and buy hair solution. The final solution in hair. You're churning butter in Amish country, when the magpies descend on your best Bessie and you realize you left the bug spray in the barn. Welcome to the sidebar. I'm Sebastian Morales, filling in for Clint Myers Novak, who's currently buffing shoes at the market as part of his work release program. Baby Bug Magazine is an illustrated magazine of literature and art for children ages 6 months to 3 years and is published 9 times a year. It is a magazine for babies. Strew Bennington is a contributing freelance columnist with his article, SAD, Stay at Home Dad. Strew Bennington, welcome to the sidebar. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. It's a true delight to be here. I tell you what, you're the first person I've talked to today, so this is a real blessing. Well, Strew, I'm glad I could break up the monotony. Uh, how did you get into children's books, children's magazines? You know, if I'm being perfectly honest, and I ain't never nothing but, uh, it was by pure accident. Uh, so I had done, been about unemployed for near on, I would say, close to five years, about five years at a point. And I was just looking for something to do, biding my time, had these kids, I was living at home. And, uh, you know, it's me, and then in the same cul-de-sac there lives a few other people. One of them is Janessa. Janessa, she was starting to subscribe to this magazine, Baby Bug. Mm -hmm. So I started reading it. I got really into it. I actually really like the stories. They say it's a magazine for babies, but I think it's just really good. And so I started submitting just some things about my experience is as being a dad, because um, it's a pretty unique experience being a dad when most of the people around you is moms. So I just started submitting some articles, and eventually they would publish them. And, uh, you know, now I'm here talking to you, <laughs> which, again, is so great. And you did some brainstorming. You actually went to Mommy and Me classes, and you did your research before you embarked on this uh, endeavor. I did, and I tell you what, one of the things I write about a lot in my column about being a stay-at-home dad is the discrimination that you face as a single father. Well, I ain't a single father. I am technically still married, but... It's, I say that I'm a single dad because it's pretty much just me doing it all. And, and I tell you, when I showed up to that mommy and me class, they said, uh, you didn't enroll. You didn't tell us you were coming. Uh, this is called mommy and me, and you're not a, a mommy or even a female-identified person. And I said, have you read the Constitution? That's what I said to them. It was, uh, I said, have you even read the Constitution? And they decided to let me stay at that point. And they have uh, very strict guidelines in mommy and me. Um, for instance, obviously, you cannot bring a peanut butter sandwich anymore, but more importantly, you're not allowed to have crusts on the bread. Yes, that's right. And so they actually teach you when you show up. Um, they give you sort of a crash course in Mommy and Me, um, and you're an advocate for uh, all of us and me, Daddy and me. 
uh, and you actually started Daddy and Me. I did. I started Daddy and Me, and again, up to this point, it is only me. So what I do for Daddy and Me is I kind of I rent a table at the public, the Lafayette Public Library, and I just hang out there for two to six p.m. every first Monday of the month, and I have up a sign that says Daddy and Me, and. Um, I tried to do some things to get the word out. I posted about it on, you know, all the most common forums, 4chan, Reddit, um, somethingawful.com. I posted about it there. And um, some people did show up, and I can tell you with a great degree of certainty they were not the kind of people I want to associate myself with. Well, what kind of people were they? Uh, pedophiles. Uh, all of them? Yeah, all of them. Uh, unfortunately, it was a whole a whole train of pedophiles is how I describe it. It was a train of files. Like a choo-choo. It was a I, they showed up and I said choo choo, and the problem I think with pedophiles uh, amongst the many problems is sure. while they're not allowed around a school they are allowed around a library so you had to change your meeting area yeah exactly and now I meet at a school um, and that has smart. been very smart well that's had its own uh, degree of difficulty I'll tell you what because what happens is with all these pedophiles out in the world and you're a man who just shows up by yourself to a school. And again, it's interesting. I showed up to this school and they said, you didn't call ahead. You didn't tell us you were coming. You, you didn't even ask if this was okay. And you know, I bet you can guess what I said to them. What did you say? I, I said, mean, have I... you even read the Constitution? So they said at that point, I, I, because I had children there, I was permitted to uh, uh, use the space if I volunteered on one of the committees. And so now Daddy and Me meets at the Lafayette Elementary School where my children both attend. And would, it, would I call it a rousing success? No. Would I call it a success in any capacity? Also no. But you know what? I'm optimistic for the future. Well, you're about the children, and um, you're an advocate for the children, and obviously you contribute to this magazine. So tell me a little bit about your article. Tell me um, first about the illustrations. Now, uh, you have the children illustrate from their own creative mind, mm -hmm. and they come up with the darndest things. Now, they at one point, you chronicled in your article um, that you overheard them talking about the pedophile choo-choo. Mm -hmm. And so, for a while, they were just drawing trains, and you had to sort of translate that by way of the Constitution. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what is like tough about being a father is you know your kids better than even they know yourselves. Because what happened with my children... Um, uh, Donovan and Dancy is that they would they drew these pictures of these trains and they were saying to me dad we love trains these are just pictures of trains and I said I think there's something else going on here I think there's something uh, there's a darker meaning to these photographs if you will well they're not photographs per se because they're drawn so I'm not sure what you would call that but I'm going to call them photographs for my sake and so I said there's something darker going on here and I sussed out that it was you know, maybe my children had been victimized in some capacity by these men that I had been meeting with. Not in a literal sense. Oh, my God, can you imagine? Not actually victimized. More of like a hypothetical. And so that's one of my most recent articles is how to understand the things that your children are telling you that they're not saying to you. Um, and that is the full uh, actually title of the article. It was tough to get that in print. It's again, that's how to understand the things your children are telling you that they're not saying to you. And what you gleamed out of that was actually sticking to the train theme was the silver bullet, uh, which is the cores train. Now, mm -hmm. not to touch on a touchy subject, uh, alliteration aside, but you were arrested in 2014 for public intoxication and subsequently suspended from the magazine. Yes. Uh, and this all 
uh, derived from uh, your training research. That's true. I am sure you are, as all good patriotic Americans are, uh, familiar with the concept of Pizzagate. Uh, so I kind of went down what uh, people in the clinical psychology world would refer to as a rabbit hole. Now, not to stop you, but is Pizzagate is when you order pizza and it never arrived. Yes, that's exactly right. I ordered a pizza one day. It didn't show up, and I said, something's going on here. And then that led me to realize that there was a conspiracy in the town of Lafayette against me as a single father. I was being targeted and victimized. I was receiving less goods and services, goods and services that were not as good or serviceable to me as a single man as people like Janessa and other other gals in the cul-de-sac were receiving. So I, I did. I admit to it. You know, I've, I've come clean with God. I've talked to Jesus about this a lot. We've had a lot of private personal conversations, me and him, about this. I went on a bender. I went on a bender. I got a handle of fireball. I downed it in 30 minutes. And then I just kind of went off and... Um, I guess you could say what I did was I terrorized the town in my tidy whities And you did that sort of uh, uh, seeking vengeance. Essentially, you were stealing pizzas. I was stealing And for a while, pizzas. nobody in town was getting pizza, and you were uh, hiding all of the pizza. You were eating mm-hmm. some of it, but mm-hmm. you were sharing it with uh, neighborhood children. With select few neighborhood children. That's and you were right. having uh, mommy and me slash daddy and me pizza parties mm-hmm. with just you and children. And I tell you what, when you get found out for this kind of thing, it kind of uh, it does a 180 on your world. It really upends you because it kind of looks a certain – to people who are ignorant, it kind of looks a certain way. It kind of looks like, well, like, hey, there's this man walking around. He's drunk. He's in his tidy whities He's targeting our children. He's inviting them over to eat pizza with him. I can understand the assumptions that people would draw from that, but really all I wanted to do, truthfully – was to have people see me for what I am, which is as a very competent single father. And you took inspiration from Michael Jackson and the Neverland Ranch. I did. Uh, uh, I would say uh, my main inspiration there is, well, twofold. One, aesthetic. I just love the way that place looked. Mm-hmm. It looked like a real fun, kind of like the colors were all really bright, and I like bright colors. Again, that's another reason I love Baby Bug Magazine. All the colors in our magazine are really good. We got really good colors in our magazine. You should check it out. In our newest issue, we actually have a really punchy magenta on one of the pages. Oh, man, it's so good. It's funny you mentioned punchy magenta because our beloved researcher, the intern Addie Harper, was able to get an issue, and um, between commercial breaks, she actually was licking it, and she seems to be very ill at the moment. I'm not sure if it was a lead magenta Mm -hmm. used in the ink or not. I think it might be iron ball ink. Uh, very high quality, very toxic. I am, I can't, you know, I'm not directly involved in the printing of the magazine. Of course not, no. But I will say, they're pretty cheap over there. So if that paint, I can easily imagine, if that paint was cheaper in any capacity, they'd absolutely use it. Well, their their ink is cheap, um, but what wasn't cheap was your visit to the Neverland Ranch. Now, I want to get back to it, because you did some research and you did... Uh, you, you basically uh, took a field trip, yes, and obviously right. Michael Jackson is no longer with us, so you had full reign of the ranch. Oh, he's still alive. Is he? He was there. Was hey, he? Wait a Are you... What? He's not with us? Then who was I talking to? I don't know who you're talking to. What did he look like? Did he have... Let's Let's break it down, because Michael Jackson has 
very specific characteristics. Yes, that's true. So okay. you would know whether you were talking to Michael Jackson or not. Now, that's right. Let's start from the boots and work up. Okay, so boots were kind of like pointy elf boots. Pointy elf boots. But they were black with a gold buckle, white socks, skinny black jeans, white t-shirt, one glove bedazzled, a jacket that was kind of like a take on maybe like a ringleader at a circus, not a direct, like it wasn't a literal ringleader jacket, but kind of an homage or a reference to. And then in the face, I will say, he looked exactly like Michael Jackson. He did. So so what angle would you say the nose laid? It was funny because if you look at it straight on, it was like you couldn't even see a nose, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you turned to the side, it was like you could see the nose. So I would, I would describe the angle of his nose as being similar to a very thin sheet of paper. The other thing I'll say about this is there was like a heavenly glow about him the whole time, which at, at the moment I took to be his celebrity, his kind of like ethereal kind of it factor presence mm-hmm. quality. Now I'm starting to question if he is truly as dead as you say, if he's deep down in the ground there. You know, I wouldn't put it past me to have met the ghost of Michael Jackson. I mean, that is something that would happen to me. <laughs> With my luck, that would happen to me, I tell you what. Well, you know, I, um, I think one way to, to really know, did he have mittens or did he have gloves? Because if he had mittens, um, well, mittens, maybe that was the name of one of his monkeys, but it was not um, the name of his uh, Bubbles, really. Bubbles was there. That's true. Oh, and yeah. Tell me about Bubbles, because oh, he's Bubbles, still alive and well. Bubbles was great. Bubbles has, like, the best personality Bubbles reminds me of my good friend from growing up, um, uh, Boo Radley, um, and he just has the best personality. But the, regarding the question of the mittens versus the gloves, mm-hmm. though, that was a shock moment for me. That was a real aha a moment. A big reveal. Because he was wearing mittens. Mm-hmm. He was wearing mittens. They were knit mittens. Not oven mitts. mittens. Mitten Not oven mitts. Uh, yeah, I don't want the viewers to get the wrong picture in their mind. They weren't oven mitts. They were kind of like cozy winter mitts. We went inside. I'd written him off at that point. I was like, this isn't Michael Jackson. If it was Michael Jackson, he would have the infamous bedazzled glove with him. When we got inside, he said, oh, it's kind of warm in here. He took the mittens off. The glove was there. So He doubled up. He doubled up. He was wearing, he was wearing gloves, glove, and mitten. Now tell me about the circus. Oh, sure, absolutely. The circus that is the one that's at Neverland Ranch or the one that I went to last week? Uh, Let's start with Neverland Ranch because that sort of bridged into the one that you went to last week. That's true, yeah. And that deals with your upcoming article for the upcoming month. My upcoming article, places that are fun to go to when you're a single dad and you have to take your kids somewhere so that you can have a good time too. And again, that's the full title of the article. And Mm -hmm. again, that title was places that are fun for you to go to as a single dad when you have to take your kids somewhere and you want to have a good time too. Well, that's easy enough. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, when I went to the circus at Neverland Ranch, I, that was the first time I had been to a literal circus. I kind of feel like I grew up in the circus <laughs> just with my big crazy family. But the Neverland Ranch circus is the first actual legitimate circus I'd ever been to. And from that point forward, I kind of turned into what I'm referring to as my circus phase. I'm kind of a, a circ head. Mm-hmm. I'm a circ head. Um, and so I have been to, since then, I've been to 150 different metropolitan and municipal circuses uh, across these United States. And they're a dying breed. Um, famously, Barnum & Bailey uh, went out of business not too long ago. Now, you tell me they, they sort of dispersed, and you offered to bring 
the animals and some of the performers to your own residence in your own town. Absolutely. Well, because I got a couple acres, so I figured, you know, if these people need a place to stay, they might as well. You know, I'm not using my land for much at this point. I had I had a couple projects going on on the land, but at this point, not so much anymore. So I said, you know what, why don't you all come on over? Why don't you all come crash with me? We can hang out for a little bit. And, um, you know, did people take me up on that? Yes. Were the people who took me up on that, it uh, turns out to be a bunch of pedophiles? Yes, that's also true, too. So, you know, you know what they say, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And it turned out, um, now I know you're shopping around a reality show about it because these people won't leave your residence and they've invoked squatters rights yes and you what actually what you found out is that trapeze performers don't get along with the elephant scoopers right yeah big, it's a big whole clash cultural big thing. clash exactly you know not to speak out of turn as uh uh you know someone who is uh very white but it's a gang situation mm -hmm. there it's, are circus gangs it is a gang situation on my property and i'm scared for my life I'm shopping around this reality show for two reasons. One, because I think it'd be a good show. And two, because if something were to happen to me, I would like documentation of it in some capacity. And I feel very realistically something could happen to me. And really to survive, you had to join the circus gang. Yes, I did. And it was tough to pick which one because whereas other gangs might be based on attributes or values about your you know where you came from or what you believe in circus gangs really are all about what skills you have and as someone who you know i'll say this i don't have a, a lot of skills i'm not a very skilled person so it was tough for me to find one to join so the one that i, I know and i know what the follow-up question is is which one did you join mm -hmm. the one that i ended up joining was the people who walk around and sell popcorn really and that's me that's the one that's kind of my people and some would say that's an obscure choice they would say that, but, you know, we're small but mighty. Mm -hmm. That's how I like to think of it. We're, you, are you familiar with the cartoon Mighty Mouse? Of course I am. It's like that, small but mighty. Small but mighty, and no one's going to uh, pop the popcorn if there's no popcorn poppers. Exactly. Now, uh, the show that you're shopping is a pedophile survivor in a way, a circus pedophile survivor. Mm -hmm. uh, there really can only be one. Now, you've created a moat on your property, and they are living on an island. Yes. Yes, and you are the lord of this island. You actually... Mm -hmm. uh, have a Michael Jackson jacket mm -hmm. similar to uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. I don't know him. Is he in the administration? Does he work for the Pentagon? Uh, I believe he's more on the senatorial side, something of a, a third a aide. sergeant? I think so. Oh, interesting. Which uh, party is he affiliated with? Which party gets the baton? Um, that's the Democrats. The, the Democrats. And uh, the glitter is yeah. also the Democrats. That's also the Democrats. Okay, so he's obviously. in the glitter party. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's a big band. Okay, well, that's uh, why I'm not familiar with him. But I believe they are also looking for a leader. That's a different story. Let's get back to your Survivor show yes. because you are on here. Yes, we're going to talk about Baby Bug magazine. But while you were on leave for your public intoxication, yes, you uh, you were able to, to brainstorm this, and you filmed it yourself with your own money. With my own money, with my own uh, VHS camcorder, mm -hmm. I filmed a speculative, or what in the industry is called a speculative, so I filmed a speculative of a season of my show, uh, which is uh, Survivor Pedophile Island. And what the, I'll tell you what the main inspiration for that was, was the show Survivor, uh, which is a show that I love. I love that show. My youngest, uh, Dancy, she's, she's about two seasons of Survivor old now. And um, it's our favorite pastime as a family to gather around uh, the unit and watch Survivor. So the way that the show functions is, again, 
it is a um, – it's one of those states – I live in a state uh, – I live in the state of Arkansas, which is uh, – uh, has one of those laws – dang, I forget what they're called. What is that law called where if someone shows up, you can shoot them? What is that called? Uh, open carry? Uh, no, no, that's like – that's right um, to life. Shoot. That's it's the right to life law. That's exactly it. It's the right to life law and if someone shows up on your property, you're entitled to shoot or them. Where is it stand your ground? No, that's not it. Stand your ground is about fetuses. Uh, stand your ground is about uh, are we going to save the fetuses or not and we stand our ground and we say yes, we are. And you bury them in that same ground. Well, you, if it's like yeah. <laughs> is that even a question? Uh, I believe more it's a mission statement. You're right. It is our mission. Now, uh, so the show, right? Yes. Okay, so uh, Right to Life. It's Right to Life. And what, again, I do feel threatened on a continual basis living on my property with this kind of band of renegade circus performers. So I said, you know what? One of two things could happen here. One of two things could happen. Uh, It's not a false dichotomy. There are no legitimate third options. This is a real dichotomy. There are only two options. And those options are kill or be killed. Right? These people are going to come for me. These people are going to come for me. You know what I said? I said I'm going to come for them first, and I'm going to come for them faster, and I'm going to come for them in an organized manner that is recorded in some capacity. Now, tell me about Giuseppe the Midget Archer. Sure. Um, uh, Giuseppe is – he's an archer. Uh, Giuseppe's an archer, and uh, he's actually just a really nice person. He's Italian, and I'd never met someone from Italy before. Mm-hmm. I'd never met an Italian person before uh, this, and I had, I will admit, a lot of um, prejudices against them. I had a lot of prejudices against the Italians that they would be spicy, that they would be uh, like, uh, that they would be using their hands a lot, like a meatball. Exactly like a meatball. And this guy, he is a little meatball. I call him my little meatball buddy, and uh, it turns out he's just as nice as can be. Mm-hmm. He's real friendly. He's taught me a lot about archery. Mm-hmm. He uh, and he is. We had an alliance. We have an alliance. Had an alliance. Have an alliance. You'll have to watch the season to find out how that turns out. Sure. Once it's inevitably picked up by network television. And he defends your fort. He defends my fort. He. Um, I have a uh, kind of a, a structure, a wooden structure where I sleep. Uh, up in a tree canopy, mm-hmm. and what we do is we take shifts, and one of us will uh, be prowling the perimeter, and the other one will be catching some Z's, and uh, you know keeping an eye out for things. And uh, so Giuseppe, uh, he just has the sharpest eye. He's the sharpest shooter. He's the sharpest guy. Uh, and uh, well, again, oh man, I really want to spoil the season for you. He makes it pretty far, but he doesn't make it all that all the way, is what I'll say. Well, I'm told the, the bearded lady is on the loose. Yes. So in an interesting turn of events, the bearded lady has escaped from my property. And this is a curious problem because initially, if you recall the beginning of our conversation, if you go back to that point, I think what you'll remember is that I had wanted the people on my property to leave mm-hmm. and that I was scared of them. So, in a way, her leaving, you would think that it would be good for me. You would think if you were a thinker, I'm not sure if you're a thinker, I'm a thinker. I would think that if you were a thinker, you would think it's good that she left, and we like that, and we want that to happen. But because I had been trying to turn this into some sort of intellectual property, uh, it was kind of bad for me from a production standpoint that she left. So, good for my life that she left. Bad from a production standpoint. And bad for the town because she is still at large. She is still very large, yeah. She's a big gal. Is that what she meant? 
Um, well, I, well, from last I heard, there was a sighting of her in Texas, and I know that mm-hmm. larger people in the country live in Texas. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, what's what is the the uh, Wah- Wahoo? What's the uh, what's the burger place down there in Texas in Houston and? Uh, I don't know. Our, yeah, it's called Wahoo Burger. Wahoo, but I don't know. Our beloved researcher, the Internet Harper, sometimes hands me notes, and uh, it's really just gibberish. Uh, I know right now her hands are a little burned from you her. talking about Whataburger? I'm talking about Whataburger. Addy, Whataburger. Not Yahoo. Yahoo Fish Taco, I believe, is what Addy That's was getting probably, at. probably. That's yeah. why she works for college credit, and we don't pay her. Oh, wow. You're going to college. How cool is that? Now, you're a, f- you're a former academic. That's right. Yeah, I was on a tenure-track position at Mizzou, which is the University of Missouri. That's in Columbia, Missouri. And I was on a tenure-track position there teaching uh, the semiotics of anthropology. And I was denied tenure. And there's two ways you can look at it. One way you can look at it is... I was denied tenure because God wanted me to go on and do bigger and better things. And another way you could look at it is I was denied tenure because there was a viral video of me yelling at my students and it caused a campus uproar. So, you know, believe what you want to believe, but I choose to side with God in this case. And if you don't, then that makes you an atheist and that you'll have to live with that. And now you read the babies. And now I read to babies, and I write for them, and dads, and all the people who want to read Baby Bug, which, again, it has a limited demographic, but I think everybody should pick up a copy. And now, a brief word from our sponsor. Rainy season doesn't have to be underwear season. That's why there's Your Diapies. Your Diapies puts the tarp over your garage so your car doesn't drive out of the station. And with five pockets of odor-reducing flavor crystals added to the eight pockets we already stapled onto the back, your diapies and its 13 pockets of luck is ready to sink all the balls. So cue it up, Minnesota fats. You break and we buy. That's the your diapies guarantee. In fact, we guarantee our adult diapers over our competitors so much, we're giving away a free walker with every purchase. You thought we were giving away free diapers, didn't you? You were wrong, but that's okay. Buy your diapies. Your diapies. When other diapers won't do. Support for the Sidebar Podcast is also brought to you by Grandma's Candy Dish. The only meal subscription service that comes with candy and a dish. Those hard-to-find Mary Janes giving you a pain in the chew, butterscotch, whatever the fuck's getting caught in your root beer barrels, spearmint gum spoiling your fruit-filled razor blade, Where the hell did you get these, grandmas? You get the idea. We could go on forever. Just like our candy collection. Grandma's candy dish is the only dish that comes with candy. You'll have to mail a letter and tell us what you want because we don't have internet. But don't worry. We'll get it. Order Grandma's candy dish today. Now, uh, your wife is actually the governor of Arkansas. That's right. Yeah, she is, and I'm so proud of her. She's a beautiful woman. Um, my, yes, my wife, uh, Faye Bennington, is the governor of Arkansas. And fun fact, well, fun depending on your perspective, is Bennington is actually her last name. Oh, so you took uh, her last so name. So I took her last name. That's because my, my uh, given name at birth is O'Brien, mm-hmm. and she told me that that was too Catholic and it wouldn't fly, so we had to do something about that. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I don't recall a lot of O'Briens being in office, especially in that part of the country. No, you, uh, you don't recall it because it ain't done, never happened. Um, and, you know, when I was a young boy in Chile, um, people in my town actually came down with a bad case.